Christmas time, I know it's like an intensifier. Think about that. The Christmas season, it tends to intensify everything. Have you noticed that? It just gets more intense. And by that, I mean this, that if there's, uh, you know, things are going well, you know, life is good, finances are good, uh, marriage is good, kids are good, school's good, then it's really good. But at Christmas time, it's an intensifier. And if things are not so good, if there's sadness, if there's pain, you know, if you've lost a loved one, you know, uh, there's sickness in the family, it's an intensifier. And it just gets more intense. And I think there's something about the holiday where we just kind of want to get it right. And so what I want to do today with you is I want to just unpack, really simple, the Christmas story. I think the best thing that we can do together is to just look at what's been recorded in the scriptures, in the Bible, and unpack the Christmas story. So that's what we're going to do. The title of the message is this, is that God is with us. And so he came to earth in the person of Jesus to communicate his love to you. I just want to thank everybody for being here. I want to thank, you know, those of you, your guests. Uh, maybe somebody invited you. Maybe somebody dragged you. Maybe it took courage to be here. Maybe your church experience hasn't been all that great. You know, sorry for that. I hope it's good tonight. So anyway, why is is it though? Why is it that God had to show up on earth? Like, what's the purpose of Christmas in the first place? I think the reality is this, is that we're broken people. We're far more broken really than we want to admit. I mean, the truth is this, is that I'm more broken than I really want to admit to you. I don't really want you to know the depth of my brokenness. And, you know, and if we could sit down with one another and have honest conversations, we would admit how broken that we are. And so God didn't want to leave us like that, though. He didn't want to leave us so broken. So God came to our world to be like us, to speak to us, to have commonality with us and relate to us. And so God loved us too much to leave us in the broken condition that we are in. So Christmas is about that. Christmas is about God coming to heal our brokenness. That is a story. And so when Jesus came to be my Savior, he came to be Emmanuel, to be God with us here, to bring life and to bring forgiveness to us. So what we're going to do is we're going to unpack the Christmas story. There's three things I just want to highlight. We could highlight 10 or 12 things, but I'm just going to highlight a few things, a few take-homes for you. And so we're going to look at the story here, the first Christmas story written by Dr. Luke, Luke chapter 2, verse 1. The verses will be on the screens here. If you want to look there, it says, at that time, the Roman emperor, Augustus, decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. And all return to their own ancestral towns to register for this sense. Well, what is that all about? Well, what this is about is an incredibly oppressed culture where they're being oppressed through their tax. They have to go back to their home places to be taxed because Augustus here, the emperor, demanded that. Watch, we're now 70 to 80% of their income is going to be taxed. It was so oppressive beyond anything we could really get our minds around here. So people, the background is this, they're going to be oppressively taxed, and that's what's happening in the culture here. And now, on top of that, Mary, who is pregnant, has to travel 80 to 90 miles, okay, on a donkey, uphill, and how many people know that is serious pain and there's no Advil, okay? And so, on this day, on this journey here, okay, it is so difficult 
so stressful for what they were going through. Really, it was brutal. It was so messy here. And the first couple, we need to see this, the first couple, their Christmas was brutal and was messy here. And I say that because maybe you can relate, you know, to things can get messy at Christmas time. You know, relationally, uh, they intensify and things get more messy. It seems like there's more drama at Christmas time. Seems like health concerns can get messy. You know, if you have kids, perhaps it has happened on occasion that kids can make life a little messy. And so sometimes an uncertain future, uh, your habits, your addictions, maybe your marriage, you know. But the bottom line is this, is that like then life can get messy here. And so uh, Christmas was just messy. So we look in verse 5 and it says this. And he took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, and who was now expecting a child. And so... Mary, then you may know the story that she comes to Joseph and says, Joseph, I'm pregnant, but it's a God thing. You know, it's not like you think. It's a God thing, you know. And so here you have, imagine how messy this is. You have an unmarried teenage girl who says she's pregnant by the Holy Spirit, and it's a God thing. I mean, how like out there is that? You know, how messy is this story here? And so and Joseph knows it's not his child. Joseph is overwhelmed here, you know, overwhelmed with shame. And what is happening here? And he's ostracized from the family. So you have a complete situation here that is a relationship, relationship mess here. And so then you look at verse 6 and says this. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. Now, why was there no lodging available? How could that be that there was no lodging available? It seems unbelievable. I mean, Joseph, look, he's going to his hometown. There's aunts, there's uncles, there's cousins. How could no one have room for Mary and Joseph? Because they were so ostracized. They were so isolated. There was such great shame in that culture. This, I'm talking about, this is a total mess. And, you know, we see our nativity scenes and Hallmark cards and everything seems so idealized and sterilized and, you know, serene and romantic and perfect. And it was anything but that. So let's be honest, you know, it was brutal. What we're talking about here was brutal. Joseph going to his hometown, and it's like he's not even welcome in his own town, so there's, there's no place for them to stay. And then giving birth in a, in a manger, in, in a stable, like that's cruel, that's smelly, that's brutal, that's awful, you know, that's appalling. And that's it. You know, and you ask yourself, you know, like, if you were God and you were in control and like you're reading this passage here, you would think, God, can't, can't you do any better than that? I mean, God, can't you do any better than a stable? And it's just a monstrous mess that we have on our hands here. And one take-home point I'd like to give you is this, is that God welcomes uh, if we we don't see anything, see this. God welcomes the chaos of our lives. It was truth is to be told, we all have some chaos, and so the mess of our lives it doesn't keep God away. And so, how about you? I mean, how are you doing? If we could be completely honest, we could be completely truthful. If you know, if we could have had a conversation here, and we could be honest, and we would have to admit that in some arena, our lives are more messy than we really want to admit here, and see, and this is why you want to believe in Christmas, 
Because this is why Jesus came. So the good news of Christmas, it doesn't really matter. You know, the, the chaos, the mess, the situation, the issues here, because it doesn't push God away. Like, that's why he came, and that's the original Christmas here, that he, he literally shows up in the middle of utter monstrous mess here. And in fact, that's who God is. That's who God is, you know. So I need to tell you that uh, one of the difficult things about, about doing this, what I'm doing right now, is that every year I do this. Yeah, for decades I've been doing this. And so and many of you, you've been here for a long time. It's like, what can I say that's new? What can I tell them that they haven't heard again and again and again? I mean, what angle can I, can I, I mean, you can only cut it, you know, so many ways. And so, uh, so I'm like, I'm just like trying to like see something that, that is there to, to, to tell you. And I felt, I felt like I heard God's voice. In the midst of all this, and, and, um, and this is what I felt like I heard God say. I felt like I heard God say that, just tell them this. Just tell them what they need to know. If they really experienced my love, they really experienced my love, that would change them. Because there's nothing like my love. And see, and that's what, what is happening here. If you, uh, a reason you want to believe in Christmas is because there's really no love like, like Jesus' love that's expressed here. And so check this out in the next verse in verse 8. The Christmas story told the book of Luke reveals this interesting fact in verse 8. It says, that night, that night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep and Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared unto them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. And they were terrified. And so this massive towering angel in the sky here is hovering over them. And they're absolutely terrified. And so, but it says here, I, I don't want us to miss this, it says, that night. See, for them it was just like an ordinary night. And so it's a boring, mundane, business as usual, been there done that, that night. See, they were watching the sheep there, but suddenly out of nowhere, that night becomes like any, no other night. And that night then defines their life. That line changes all things for all people for all time. You see, that night, God, you know, says, hey, to the angels, hey, let's tell them I'm coming. Let's tell them I'm coming to their planet. I'm about to show up in human form. And so that night, there before the shepherds, this is absolutely stunning what happens here. That the birth announcement comes in to the nobody shepherds here. Now think about this. God, you know, who who has all the options that he wants to, who he can announce, you know, to the, the, the birth, you know, the most important announcement in all of eternity. And he, and, he, and he tells the shepherds here. And here's what's so stunning. Is that of all the people that you could tell in that culture, these are the last people that you would expect to hear a message from God. I mean, they're not even allowed in the temple. They're not even allowed in the temple in church of the day. And God goes to them here. So God is going, watch, to the lowest of the low, the most unpopular, insignificant, uneducated, marginalized, isolated people that just lived with dirty, dumb sheep. And God goes to them that night. You see, 
a, a people group, a people group who rarely showered, who had zero people skills. They were disrespected. They were unwanted. They were ostracized. They were voted least likely to succeed in high school. You know what I'm talking about? They were them. They were, they were not welcome, you know, in, in the temple there. They were overlooked and they were forgotten. And yet, God who could pick anyone that he wanted to make the announcement to, God goes to the shepherds. Imagine that. God, you know, could, could give any kind of press conference that he wanted to, any ground announcement to all the dignitaries of the day. And God, this is insightful to who God is. God goes to the shepherds. God says to the angels of heaven, we're taking the message to the shepherds here, which is really good news for you and me. That's really good news for you and me. Because see, they, they get the full angelic treatment. They get the works. And so uh, the diviner arrival goes to these despised, and socially inept shepherds here. And thousands and thousands of angels. And, and what's the point? The point is this. It's, it's God's way of saying that the doors of the kingdom are, are, are flung wide open to all who matter. What's your background? To those that weren't allowed in church, the doors were flung wide open to them. If we could just pause for a moment right here. Uh, I just think that, again, we need to know that, that, that God loves us. And it's a picture here of God's love for our lives here that Christmas screams. There is a God and there's no God like this God who loves us and loves shepherds. And he loves shepherds. He loves all of us here. And so God welcomes our chaos and welcomes our mess. But the second thing I want to point out is that there is just no love like God's love here, exemplified by the demonstration of it, how he pursues and how he prioritizes the shepherds. And it tells me I'm not forgotten. It tells me that there's no, no low level that I could ever go that I would be too low for the love of God to reach out to me, that I'm never too far gone. The shepherd is, is still the one that God says, we're going to them. Verse 10 says this, the angel reassured them, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. He says, I bring you, this is not just a corporate message, this is like personal to you. I bring you good news here to all the people. What kind of people? To all the broken people, to all the outcast people, the marginalized, to all the successful people, to, to all the unsuccessful people. The heavens split and the angels proclaim this. The Savior, yes, verse 11 on the screens. And the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You'll find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. So why does God do that? Like, God could be born anywhere. God could be born in a presidential suite. Why, why would God choose a manger? Like, why would God do that? I mean, he's the king of kings and the lord of lords here. And, and so the king, would you expect to be born in a manger here? I mean, think of it, a Savior who has come for us, who's going to take away our sin. God with us, the God of the universe who flung the cosmos, the, the galaxies into existence there. 
the chosen one, the one who has been spoken about since the beginning there, the Lord of all peoples and all nations, the one the scriptures have been pointed to now is born, born in a manger? Like, really, God? Like, like, like why would you do that? Why, why would you show up as a baby? Why would you enter into a birth canal and, and do all that? And so, uh, and here's why. Because for us to have a relationship with God, think about this. To have a relationship, and that's why he came, you have to have, you have, to have some kind of measure of commonality. You have to have some basis of relationship. And what basis of relationship and what measure of commonality is there with God? I mean, I have none. None at, at all, you know, no measure to, to, that is common, no common ground with, with God there, like absolutely nothing. So when God knows this, so what does God do? So God came into this world the same way you came into this world, the same way I came into this world. And so he embraced humanity so that we could have something in common with him. And now God can relate to man. He became like us, Emmanuel. His name shall be called Emmanuel. God now, he is with us. And so before Jesus was born, though, he existed. He always existed there. But he abandoned heaven to come to earth. Why did he do that? So, so we could be confident, we could be confident that he understands us and he knows us and, and he loves us. So here's why you want to believe in Christmas. Watch. Here's why you want to believe. Because see, there's nothing you experience that God hasn't experienced. No vulnerability, no pain, no suffering, no heartache there, no rejection, no abandonment. There's nothing you have ever experienced that God himself has not experienced. That's why you want to believe in Christmas. So... My third take home for us is this, the Christmas story and why you want to believe in it. Jesus came to stand with you so you would never wonder where you stand with God. You never need to wonder where you stand with God in a little noise to emphasize the point. Luke chapter 2, verse 13, suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, peace on earth. There it is. Here's why you want to believe in Christmas, because he came to bring peace, shalom, to bring relationship with God, where it was broken, but now you can have peace with God because we were created have relationship with him here. So Jesus came to make everything right, to bring shalom to our relationships with God and peace with one another here. And so the, this is the reason why you want to believe. I want to close with this in John chapter 3, verse 16. It's the most well-known scripture in the Bible that you learn of as a kid. It says, for God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son. Hey, if it stopped right there, that would be amazing, wouldn't it? That God is a loving God. He loves us. He's a loving God here. So he sends, he gives his precious only son here. And it's amazing that like God would, would do that there. And so, but as we enter into the story here, uh, and it becomes part of your story, it says, whoever, rich, poor, old, young, you know, failures, flops, felons, everybody, everybody, he loves everybody here, sinners, winners, losers, everybody, whosoever, 
We're all part of the whosoevers. But watch what it says. It says, whoever believes in, not just believes, but really believes in the, the and, and so that means it puts you the full weight of your being, the full weight of your life, your, your absolute and total trust, you know, to be all in there. Whoever believes in him, life will never come to an end. You will have eternal life. And so it says in the next verse, for God didn't send his son into the world to judge the world. If you think that God came here to judge you, he's not like that. That's not what God is like. He didn't come into the world to judge the world, but that the world, uh, but, but the, but the world would be saved through him. That's why he came there. So if you feel condemned and you, you just don't understand the Christmas message, that's, that's not what it says. And so I want to close and give us a moment because it's the only sane moment you will get before Christmas. So I just want to give us a little time to pause and to reflect, and the worship team is going to come up here. And uh, but let, me just, let me ask you this. I don't know you. I don't know your story. But I'd just like to, you, you to you know, have a moment to respond. You can't do this anywhere else. No one tells us the Christmas story except here. Who's going to tell you? We're not going to hear about it in the media or in the mall, but here. Really, just, I just unpacked sacred Christmas. We know all about commercial, cultural Christmas, but this is sacred Christmas. And there's no other Christmas without this Christmas. And so I'd like to ask you just to take a moment and, and reflect and respond. I want to give you that gift. If you could bow your heads for just a moment. And Father, I ask that as we close, we could take a deep breath and take a moment for reflection. It might be the last moment that we have to reflect on what we've heard. And Father, we've heard the message of Christmas recorded in Scripture. And what would it mean for us to take a next step toward the light of Christ this Christmas? What would it look like? For some of us, you've never believed. And maybe you want to believe. It's just it expressing your words before God, just you and him. Maybe you say, God, I, just, I believe that you love me. I, I believe you sent your son to die for me so I could have a life with you. I believe that. Maybe some of you need to just say, God, I've been away from you and I want to return to you this, this day. And Father, we're so grateful that you are a loving God and that you didn't leave us in the midst of our brokenness. In this Christmas season, may we celebrate that you so loved us that you sent and that you gave, that you gave your most precious gift. And we want to celebrate that this Christmas, that into the darkness there has come a great light, and that light was the light of the world, Jesus Christ, God's own Son. And we are grateful for that. 
Lord, we want to celebrate that great truth. In Jesus' name, amen.